0: It's time for Mercedes Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes Benz Giants Extra Point
1: is brought to you by American made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. NRG, the official energy provider of the New York Football Giants. Learn more at picknrg.com and by PSENG. Committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Paul Detino, with you as the Bears top the Giants 29-3 at Soldier Field in Chicago. This was a game in which the Bears jumped out to a 14-0 lead off of two early Giants turnovers. Never looked back. And as a result now, the Giants fall to 4-12. and They have lost five straight Seven in a row on the road. The Bears make it two straight wins as they improve to six and ten. A lot to unravel. We will also hear from Joe Judge and the players as we move forward here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. And Jeff, I'll start with you. We talked about this at the half. You can't give favorable field position to the opposition. That, unfortunately, has been a trend because of the turnovers that have piled up really during the course of this losing streak. But The inability also for the offense to get any semblance of a passing game going to complement what was actually one of their most productive rushing attacks.
2: Yeah, I think that that was one of the positives of the game. One of them. Yes. Well, maybe the other one, two takeaways for the defense. That might be the only two things we can really talk about positively for this game. Uh, But, you know, when you are on an offense that is predictable and you have a defense like the Bears, which is pretty good, uh, that you can line up and you kind of understand defensively what these guys are going to do. Uh, It's hard. The Giants actually did a nice job running the football against a Bears team that actually knew what they were doing every single down. The Giants were minus 10 yards passing, folks. That'll just tell you all you need to know.
1: Whereas they ran the ball 40 times for 161 yards. Saquon Barkley, by the way, with his first 100-plus-yard rushing game since Week 15, 2019 at Washington. Good for and, him, on
2: a field that he correct, actually had yeah. his injury.
1: Well, and I'm going to bring in Paul Dettino to, I think, expand upon that point, Jeff, because you do bring up an interesting storyline, at least. If we are looking for a positive, Paul, this was the site where in Week 2 last season he suffers the season-ending knee injury. So I guess it is only appropriate that, at least from... A big-picture perspective, full performance. He put together his best shot on the ground today with well over 100 yards. Look, let's put this
3: running game in perspective today out of Saquon Barkley. First of all, he had about 50 yards rushing in the first half and about 50 in the second half. He did not have a long gain longer than 10 for the afternoon which shows you this was a workmanlike performance, Mm -hmm. the kind of performance that nobody seems to believe that he can do because everybody's so interested in him dancing for a home run. No, today he grinded out the ugly yards. You can't get 21 carries for 102 yards and have a long of 10 without being a grinder. He only had three carries today of zero or minus yards. He had a minus one, a minus two, and a zero. That's it. Everything else was a grind it out, grinded out, grind it out. This, this to me, was a very significant game for Barkley. This was a game where he proved to a lot of people a lot of
1: stuff that they've been saying he can't do. And it also came in a game where, let's face it, the Bears knew the Giants were going to run the football. Absolutely. Mike had only attempted 11 passes, plus you take into consideration the four sacks, so 15 dropbacks. And despite that... With some additional guys in the box, Saquon Barkley able to still have a very productive game on the ground. We will step aside. We'll get more into the ups and downs of the Giants as they have now lost five in a row. They fall to the Bears 29-3 at Soldier Field. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants
4: radio network. Driven by the Hess toy truck. This is James Bradbury and you're listening to the Giants football on the fan. WFAN and WFAN FM, New York. Bears take over first
3: and
0: 10 at their own 44. Dalton back to throw. He's got Mooney wide open, throws it and over the middle, and it's intercepted by Bradbury. What the heck
1: was Dalton
2: thinking there?
1: And that is today's Play of the Game brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. One of two takeaways for the Giants after they had gone through a stretch where they were struggling to make those opportunistic plays in recent contests. If you look at their breakdown, they had zero takeaways in three of the previous four games before this one against Chicago. And the reason why that is the play of the game because it did some damage control considering... On the play prior, Mike Glennon was sacked, lost another fumble. Bears took over at their own 44. And on the very first pass, Andy Dalton picked off by James Bradbury. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Paul Dottino with you. Bears topped the Giants 29-3 to as the Giants now have lost... Seven straight on the road. This was also the fourth straight year that these teams were meeting. Third time in a row in Chicago. Last three meetings were decided by five points or less. This certainly followed a very different script. And that brings us to the game breakdown brought to you by your local Ford stores. Visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, the official vehicle of the New York Giants. And for that, we take you through some team statistics. In terms of total yardage in this game, the Giants did end up with 151. They only had 65 at the half, mainly because the negative passing yards is what brought that tally down, even though at the half they had 81 rushing yards. Bears, in comparison, 249 total yards in this game. The rushing attack was in favor of the Giants, 161-87, to but the Giants were just one for 11 on third down. They did not have any red zone opportunities. The Bears were three for five. Keep in mind, this was one of the biggest struggles for Chicago entering this game. The Bears came in 30th in the NFL in red zone offense, yet today they get five opportunities. They cash that in for three touchdowns. Their red zone offense coming in was 49%, 21 touchdowns in 43 opportunities, and that's what happens, Jeff, when you shorten the field, right, for a team because the Bears, with the exception of that one drive where they went, right, 11 plays, 75 yards, The Giants never really put the Bears in a situation where Andy Dalton and company had to march down the length of the field. They had two short fields right off the bat because of the two turnovers.
2: And, you know, the Giants go down 14-0 right away. And obviously, you know, if you're a Chicago Bears uh, team, you know that the Giants have difficulty scoring. You just proved that point and the fact that they never got into the red zone. So, I mean, absolutely. So, you know, those types of uh, field position. And then also, you talk about field position. Field position is a product of a lot of different things, but one of the big things about it is special teams. And so you had a big print penalty on a punt that minus 25 crossing a penalty that cost the team 25 yards. Um, that backs your team back up, so that's that's yardage. And then the other one at the end of the half, uh, you know, where you have Farrell Cooper who just, you know, I, you got to understand what went, long, went wrong there, and you gotta you got to know where that football is. That's field position again. So, and another drive for the – you know they end up again. getting get a safety there, and then so it's yeah. It's all builds into itself there.
3: Well, Jeff, the average field position for the game, Chicago from their own forty-two, the own Giants 42. from
2: their
1: own twenty-six. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. A I mean lot that's that's noticeable. the average field position midfield. for the day. That's the mid. That's almost at midfield. That's it's kind ridiculous. Of, yeah, that's unheard of.
1: Well, and Jeff, I want to piggyback off of your point, and Paul, I'll bring you in for this, because what Jeff was hitting on, that was really a back-breaking development, right? Late in the second quarter, the Bengals—the Bengals, excuse me, were watching the Bengals' Chiefs game, that's why I'm getting (laughs) distracted. The Bears wound up scoring eight points in the last minute four seconds, Paul, and they get the field goal— For some reason, Farrell Cooper, who's a veteran return man, we're not talking about an inexperienced guy, just makes the assumption the ball's going to bounce into the end zone for a touchback. So now the Giants are at their own five, they get a safety, and then the Bears, because of timeouts, wind up tacking on a field goal. I mean, I know they were down by a lot at that point, Paul, but that was just a huge turning point in terms of sucking any sense of momentum away from the Giants.
3: Well, look at it this way, Lance. Uh, In the final two minutes of the first half combined this season, the Giants have been outscored 73 to nothing. And then to make matters worse, not that they were in any good shape anyway, down 22-3 at the half, but then the Bears get the opening kickoff in the third quarter. And what do we talk about all the time, Jeff? The double dip. Mm-hmm. And the Bears get it. the double dip. A lot of that and, this and, year. You know, I mean, again, not that at 22-3 it was, it was going to look good for the Giants anyway, because it wasn't. But then the Bears get the double dip. It's interesting, though, because on the course of the afternoon, and and you're right, Lance, because of the field position, it's hard. I know the defense gave up a few plays, but it's very difficult to hold their feet to the fire when you consider they only gave up two drives of longer than 40 yards on the afternoon. And then there was a third drive that was only 39 yards I mean, what more, you know, yeah, I I get it, all right? They're going to say every time we take the field, we need to prevent the other team from scoring points. I get that. But, I mean, seriously, a rational person cannot really put their feet to the fire today.
1: Well, they were put in a very precarious spot right at the beginning of the game. David Montgomery, one play, two yards for a rushing score. That was off the strip sack, which was on the very first play of the game. And then seven plays, 24 yards. Andy Dalton to Darnell Mooney from four yards out. I mean, those were the two...
2: Bears offensive possessions that got them up 14-0 and 29 points totally You reject those 2 14 points. It's a 15 to 3 game. You're you're score, you know, 15 points for a defense. I know that it's not it's not but granted it's been a struggle for this it, offense it, it, to score 15 but points. Point but my is, yeah. is, is that, you know, again, like to to Paul's point is this defense, you know, they they tried to do the best they could and they're put in these precarious situations it does it it just does, you know, it's hard. Yeah, plus, hard.
3: You, yeah. even even the third down efficiency, Chicago was 6 of 16 for 37%. I mean, you know, again, that's a respectable
1: number for any defense, because the two touchdown drives they didn't even have to face a third down barely because they had such favorable spots off of the takeaways. So that was a big development early on as the Bears cruise to a twenty nine three victory over the Giants. Chicago now at six and ten overall, the Giants falling to four and twelve. Giants will wrap up the season at home next Sunday against Washington. Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com every weekday at 12.30 p.m. All part of the Giants Podcast Network. The archives can be found on the Giants mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. Coming up, we should be hearing from Joe Judge, getting some player reaction as well, as we'll continue to recap another lopsided loss for the Giants, 29-3. to They folded the Bears. We'll be back right after this.
3: This is Graham Ganot and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York.
4: This is going to be a 38-yarder from the
3: right hash. Natural grass surface. Wind is whipping here at Soldier Field. Snap is good. Kick on its way, and it is right down Broadway as Gano continues his great season, hitting from 38.
1: That is today's scoring drive of the game, brought to you by Investors Bank at the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit investorsbank.com slash giants for more details. That capped a 10-play 35-yard drive that took just over six minutes off the clock. It made it 14-3, to but the Bears would then score 15 unanswered points to go on to win 29-3. to As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Lance Meadow, Jeff Eagles, Paul Dottino with you as the Bears jumped out to a 14-0 lead in this game and the Giants' offense had to play catch-up, which they pretty much have been doing throughout this entire losing streak, which has now hit five overall, and seven on the road. It is now time to name the player of the game brought to you by the members and contractors of Local 825 Operating Engineers, ELEC 825 Building Our Future. And even though it was an offensive struggle, Saquon Barkley certainly still deserving of being named the Player of the game, 21 carries, 102 yards. He helped the Giants run for a buck 61, which came close to their season high, but it just fell short. They actually had a season high of 163 rushing yards in week two at Washington. So this is the second highest mark for the Giants on the ground. But for Barkley, from an individual standpoint, to get over the century mark given what he had to go through last season, given what he had to deal with Jeff this season, certainly worth noting because you got to go back to the tail end of that 2019 campaign. And as we were discussing earlier, it wasn't as if they were getting 20-yard runs, 30-yard runs. It was small chunks, longest (laughs) run was 10.
2: Yeah, and I think Paul made a good point. You know, this is a lot of things that people didn't think that Saquon could do. You know, he's a minus 1, plus 2, a minus 2, plus 4, and then the 60-yarder. So, you know, all those yardage come from big plays. But, you know, this is is what you want to see out of Saquon Barkley. And one thing that I did see out of him, and actually that I've seen out of him the last couple games, is just, you know, even though the yardage numbers weren't there, I still think I saw a lot of the north-south running, hitting the holes quickly. Now, obviously, we know that the offensive line has had some trouble. And so those holes... Seem to evaporate quickly. But I saw a lot of downhill running, very aggressive running style out of him today. And I think that he's just becoming more and more healthy. And uh, going into next season, that's a good sign.
3: I'll be very interested, Jeff, to see the final total on his yardage after contact today. Yeah, I bet it was I'm a lot. I'm sure it was Absolutely. the career. Uh, to I guarantee you it was the season high. I don't, necessarily, I don't want to say yeah. it's a career high because he's had some phenomenal games, especially when he was a rookie. But it's got to be a season high.
2: And I, you know, what I did like out of Freddie Kitchens today was the fact that they did run a lot of Wildcat with him, and that seemed to be working. And, uh, you know, they they went back to it uh, a few times. And I think that, you know, that's something that you can put a wrinkle in an offense that really is not productive. And you kind of change a little change of pace offensively for the, the obvious, obviously the Bears have not seen a lot of that. So that was something they put in this week.
1: Well, and I think what jumped out to me about Barkley's performance, I think Paul was alluding to this, is the fact that he was also making people miss at the second level Yeah, once he got beyond the line of scrimmage. And that's not something we've seen. Forget Barkley, out of Booker and even some of the other running backs, it's been a struggle to just get to the second level and then force more people to miss. Well, you
3: know, Lance, look at this, right? We've we've been hearing comments, and justifiably so, because Booker does coming into today lead the team in rushing, right? Today, only 18 carries for 46 yards for a two point six yard per carry average for Booker. Now, I'm not trying to disparage him in any way because I think he's done yeoman's work as the one A running back for a team that is offensively challenged. But you know, that was the same line that he and Barkley were both running behind today. And we, we often hear, well, Booker lowers his shoulder, and he's willing to get the dirty yards, and Barkley dances. Well, today, neither guy danced. And Barkley was clearly the much more productive back.
1: Unfortunately, and you, I think, were alluding to this point, it did not translate to any points. And here we go again, as you look at the numbers throughout the course of the season. Offense has scored 21 points or less 13 times in 16 games. 20 or less, 12 times. And then you look at less than 10, or 10 or less to be more exact, four of the last five games, Jeff, in which they have had 10 points or less, and you look at a game when a team runs for 161 yards, and gets 4 yards per carry, and once again, for giant standards, okay, I know for league standards, it doesn't necessarily jump off the page. For giant standards, it should, given how much of a struggle it's been up front, well, but they just can't finish
2: drives. Well, it does stand off the page. It just jumps off the page. The problem that really overshadows that is the turnovers. Four turnovers jump off the page, too, because number one, you can't turn the ball over four times in any NFL game, whether you're at home or on the road. And most importantly, you turn the ball over on the road like that, you are never going to win games. um And, you know, fortunately for the Giants, they got two takeaways. They did nothing with them because the offense can't do anything. So, and I know that's your pet peeve. You sure. get the takeaways, what do yeah. you do with them? But, you know, As far as the offense goes, uh, when you are not balanced, and this team is not balanced offensively, especially today, when you throw for negative 10 yards, uh, I don't care how many yards you rush for, you're still going to be, and you're down in a game that you're losing. You're going to have to throw the football. You can't just win the game by running the football. You
1: don't have that luxury under the circumstances. Yeah, Yeah, and that's
2: what happens.
3: The other thing that I think that's very interesting about this game is that Joe Judge had said all week he would prepare both quarterbacks for the possibility to play. The fact that despite Glennon's very, very serious struggles, we never saw Jake Fromm today. And this game was a blowout, and you certainly could have made the argument that, okay, give Jake Fromm another chance after what happened last week and let's get him in the game. Clearly the Giants felt that he was not ready to put his best foot forward. I mean, I can't think of any other reason
1: why they wouldn't have given him some snaps. Well, it also says a lot about the state of the passing game overall, no matter yeah. who Well, it also
2: is. tells you that, you know, they they were sticking with the veteran. I mean, even though Mike Lennon was not, I mean, he's clearly not ready to come in, Jake Fron. He's just really not ready to play. I think that's obvious and right now, that, Jeff. You know, the, the gotta... problem, too, is that this was a team that was behind the eight ball the whole game, and you put a rookie guy in there who just has very, very, is so green around the guild. you... Can you imagine if he starts to turn the ball over at an even more pace than Mike Lennon was? This game gets way out of hand. The coaches' press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz,
1: official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Joe Judge speaking with reporters following the loss.
5: Well, guys, look, obviously wasn't good enough today, okay? Our know, marks were simple. All right, We talked to the team all week. You know, Three things we wanted to do was run the ball, stop throwing and cover kicks. I'd say for the most part, we run the ball decently as a team today. All right, we able to get some movement going. I like the way the runbacks ran hard. we had to make some productive runs down the way. We're able to be productive with the run game when they knew we had to run the ball when we were only running the ball. All right, stopping the run, this is a balanced team. It was a very good run attack. I'm pleased with the way the defense overall today, overall, was able to limit them in the run game and not let them get going on a track that had been in the past in some games. And for, you know, multiple reasons in terms of covering kicks, we didn't let their explosive playmakers in the return game get going. Now, all that being said, all right, you can't have success in this league when you turn the ball over the way we did. When you create short fields for a team, okay, every team's going to take advantage of that. With the types of position we gave the team, you can't have mistakes in the kicking game like we had at the end of the first half. That's a five-point mistake. We can't do that. It's not acceptable. It's not going to be tolerated. So, in terms of you know how the team played, look, the one thing I'm repeatedly proud of is the way they play and they finish, and they fight and they play for each other. And they showed up to work. They practice hard. They prepare well. All right. The reality is we got to eliminate the things mistakes give ourselves an opportunity a chance for success and overall we talk about the big marks we had to hit but ultimately one of those big marks the turnovers right there early in the game set us behind a good deal and you know we didn't do enough to overcome it so that being said a lot of credit to the bears you know matt and his team came out today did a better job than we did and they deserved to have the success so that being said any questions you have so
4: coming
2: into the game was it your plan to run that much or did the bad start in the passing game cause you to run even more than we
5: The plan was to run that much. That was the plan of the game. You know, now there's obviously different adjustments we can make within the game, but we knew we were going to come in today. It was going to be run the ball, stop the run cover kicks. That was the goal. What can you say about
0: 24 one. yards? I mean, 24 yards best, 10 net yards best.
5: Like, yeah. I'm not here to argue or debate about stats. Jordan, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It wasn't good enough. You
0: so the
3: first place in the scrimmage there uh, is Mike's supposed to be the hot receiver there. was just
5: supposed to walk uh look like we're mapped like we're mapped up as a five-man protection we mapped up five for five along the way there's obviously ways to handle the you know free rushers coming off i'm not going to go in everything schematically and what we did obviously it wasn't you know wasn't good enough right there. Is mike not recognizing
3: that or is
5: responsible? i'm just going to keep it as obviously from an offensive standpoint it wasn't good enough right there all right i'm not going to go into your dissect everything mike did today uh, but we got to be more productive and do better things in offense.
2: Given the fact that they obviously knew you were going to run, you know, <laughs> a lot, mm-hmm. how do you think Saquon handled that in terms of his production?
5: I did a good job today with that. There was a lot of times when we were loaded boxes and uh, we say, hey, look, we're running either way. We knew going into the game at some point they were going to recognize the game plan was to run, run, run. You know, we're playing seven offensive linemen at a time. You know, we got a lot of things in those boxes, seven alignment. They obviously load the box, put their bigger personnel in. We're still going to be productive in the run game. That was it. I thought the Saquon did a good thing. A couple times I had him in the backfield with some blitzes or pressures. He was able to slip out and make something out of nothing at certain times. But he ran hard, but he ran with good ball security. But he went out there and really plays a good team player today and fought to the end.
0: So I to
5: think about a lot of things, uh, but the decisions made today were decisions are best for the team. They're one of the third and 10 from their 24. What, what is the thinking running on third and 10 there? And you get eight or nine. So it's. A territory. I mean, it seemed like a give up play No, it definitely was not a give-up play. But the thought process of maybe a you know, bust, a sub-run right there, but also at the same time, as you alluded to, does it put us in more of a you know aggressive fourth-down mentality? It doesn't be part of the game plan today if we got ourselves in those type of zones and those ranges on fourth-down. There are things we're going to consider to be aggressive and go for right there.
0: that an illustration to some degree about a little confidence?
5: No, just the plan today was to run the ball.
0: I think it as that. Did you
5: feel a at any point? Or did you to come on all? That's not really a word I ever used, Dan. So, you know, obviously we didn't do enough well. Uh, we didn't get anything going really in the passing game. But in terms of the run game, you know, we committed to it. We're able to have some production on it, put us in some positions that we had manageable third downs. Obviously didn't do well enough in that
0: zone either. So why did you think you weren't going to be able to pass the ball? What was it that concerned you in that?
5: Just because you choose to run the ball doesn't mean because you have a you know absence of faith in another aspect of it. Sometimes you go and you say, how can we go ahead and play our best football today? You know, There's a number of things you look at throughout the week, whether that's health of players, availability of players, whether it's weather situations, whether it's something about their defense that you think matches up well, you know, whether it's just an aspect of your game that you have to do better in and set the tone for how you're going to play. So there's a multitude of reasons right there. It's not one thing that triggers, hey, we can only do one thing right there. But we felt the best chance for success today was to run the ball. And again, that was our mark coming in. We had to run the ball better, you know, stop throwing cover kicks. That was it. the three big things they would do. And then obviously it always falls under ball security, all right, turnovers, all right, and the penalties in that zone too.
2: Kicking game mess up you referred to, was that just lack of awareness of where they were on the field or miscommunication or what?
5: Yeah, I didn't talk directly to Coop. I talked to the coaches obviously on that one there, make sure that we're straightened out on that. Um, that definitely demonstrates that we didn't know where we were on the field. You know, at that moment in time and letting the thing go, you know, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable.
3: So a little bit earlier in the game, like Keith, he did the same thing. It got barely got to the end zone. He I, mean, so I don't think he noticed
5: that for minute, he When they were kicking to the left of our bench, yeah. yeah, with the trajectory that kick on that one right there, Cairo, uh, you know, really hammering that thing more in a line that he knew was going to go in the goal line there. Even if it's going to just barely clear. But you've got to be aware in that situations of what the wind is, what the kick looks like, the height it comes off the tee with, all those things factor in playing deep.
0: Joe, so bigger picture, straight trade losses, but double figures, are you concerned about your future and how ownership might react?
5: My focus is on getting this team prepared for next week in Washington. That's it. I'm never worrying or addressing hypotheticals or anything of that nature, Dan. My focus is on this team, getting them ready. They come in and work for me every week. The thing I owe them is having them prepared and ready and getting a position to have success. That's it. It's the only thing I'm concerned with right now, Dan. Let's take some questions. Don't leave yeah. me. Hey, Joe, can you hear me? I got you, Ron. What you got, man?
3: Hey, uh, two things. Why was Booker the right choice there when you got the
5: safety instead of Saquon? Why was Booker the guy to get the ball? And is the offensive line giving you guys a chance in the passing game. It's easy to, for us to look at
3: the quarterback numbers. Is the offensive line giving you a chance?
5: All right. I'm not going to go into kind of like full unit evaluations right now. I'm going to watch the tapes to correction, but to make way to do better in terms of Booker versus Saquon, we have confidence in all of our players. We have confidence in all of our backs. So whether it's, you know, Saquon for this or Booker for that, you know, look, we have confidence in those guys. That there's specific schemes at times for certain backs in the game plan. But in terms of, you know, a guy for a base run, base play, you know, look, Get the guy that's fresh in there. Keep rotating on through. Keep him fresh throughout the game. We accomplish both guys. Both guys are running well.
3: Tom Rock, Newsday. Joe, two things. Did, did the uh, the run-first game plan come about more towards the end of the week when you found out you weren't going to be with two of your key receivers uh, because of the COVID and, and the Tony injury?
5: Well, we knew some of the personnel issues we were going to have about midweek, Tom. So about time we got into the game plan and practicing on field, we we're aware of some of the things we have to deal with, but in terms of just the game plan and stuff, there are a lot of things to factor into what today could have been. You know, at one point this week, they were calling for over 40-mile-an-hour wins. That's something you got to think about in terms of how you manage pass game, run game, what you do. You don't base everything on that because obviously weather reports change as you go, but it makes you put in certain things and aspects of the game plan that gives you flexibility within situations that may not be controllable, okay, or outside of your realm. In terms of, you know, what we do game, plan wise. You know, we felt the best plan for the success today was to run the ball. I like the way the team ran the ball. I liked the way we would get the ball downhill and the types of runs we ran. I was pleased with that. Obviously, you can't have the mistakes and the turnovers early in the game. You know, to spot a team 14 plus points, and then, you know, you do that, other, you know, mistakes can compound on top of that.
3: The second one, what Joe, was about you, you kept saying uh, about the kickoff return, the, or the lack of a kickoff return. Not not acceptable, not acceptable. I mean, what, what are the consequences of that at this point?
5: We're just going to make sure we get everything cleared out and ironed out and make sure that we don't make that mistake again. And that's the biggest thing you have to understand there. All the players and coaches, we're just not going to allow that mistake to happen again. So let's not look for any kind of overreaction or reading between the lines right there. It's just something we got to make sure we get corrected and fixed.
4: We'll take two more here. Matt Lamar. Hey, Joe. Um, you kept saying that, you know, your job is to get you guys prepared to play and ready to go out there. Do you feel like you guys were prepared to play today and it was kind of a result of maybe being up against it from an injury standpoint and all of those things or what do you think was the big picture issue? I mean, especially falling behind early on the first play of the game.
5: Look, everything comes under my umbrella, right? So I'm not gonna ever deflect something or say that I'm not responsible for anything. I'm responsible for everything. So let's make that clear from the jump. Okay, I'm not gonna ever push blame somewhere else or look for someone else to go ahead and step up. All right, and take something off my shoulders. All right, that's what I signed up for. That's what the deal is, you know, in terms of, you know, preparation, they're a good team, they're well coached. Uh, I could say there's really not much that we saw today we weren't directly prepared for and things that we anticipated having and coming our way. Uh, but we were able to handle a lot of things in the run game positively. Obviously, didn't do a good enough job in the pass pass game, you know, overall as a team, you know, defensively. You know, we had a feel on how this game was going to go a little bit when they announced Dalton as a quarterback. I'd say for the most part that held true. All right. And our focus on stopping the run still remained a primary focus. There was a couple of drives they got in there, made some, you know, plays moving down the field, hit some soft zones at certain times. We we're in position to make some, you know, PBUs and interceptions at the we got to capitalize on those. We did on a couple. All right. And then the kicking game, we knew this would be an aggressive type of game plan from them in terms of trying to get the return game going. We had a couple of things we put in throughout the week to make sure we could neutralize that phase right there. Grant's an explosive returner really is. That return game is a large aspect of what their offense does, so we had to make sure we went ahead and take took away that strength as a team so we could play for the field position there. So, in terms of being prepared, you know, obviously if you don't come out and have success, there's a lot of things you got to correct and adjust and move forward with. That's our focus right now.
4: Last one here via Zoom. Paul
3: Schwartz, New York Coast. Hey, Joe. Um, obviously, you said that the, the, the goal was to come out and run
5: the ball and... um Um, you know, when you fall behind 14, nothing right away, you know, that's a
3: hard, it's a hard road to go right there when you're down so much. So, I mean, the way that game started, um, I don't know if you'd use the word embarrassing, what would, word would you use? Maybe you would use that word for how this game started and then how it evolved.
5: Just like simply put, you know, we went down 14 points. We weren't going to abandon the game plan. So the focus was stick with the game plan, keep running the ball, be productive, you know, at that point in the game, guys, it's a two-possession game, right? You saw we got defense out there; they were able to make a stop. We've got to keep playing to that, and we got to play to our defense and trust they're going to keep making stops. So offense, we got to stick to the game plan and grind it out, and put ourselves in a position. that's throughout the course of the game, if we keep playing good defense, we can have success offensively and put ourselves down. You know, look to go ahead and be aggressive on some fourth downs. Hit field goals when we got to hit them. Push to go ahead and get first downs in red area if we have to, and get the ball in the end zone. Okay.
3: Okay, shouldn't
0: you in the world? Yeah, Joey got kind of a good picture coming up. Fans are kind of beyond, like they they go ahead, man. So like why did they fate that you're gonna
4: get this turned around? I mean people just see themselves right now. So I guess what would your answer that that be?
5: You know, we talk inside a lot, okay? And I don't ever ask for patience from anybody. Just get that clear right now. All right. And the fans have every right to have an opinion. That's why our fans they have every right on that. You buy a ticket to come in the stadium. You have every right to boo me going out the stadium. That's the way it is. That's what we sign up for, right? And it's New York. It's supposed to be a tough place to be. Certain cities in this country, they don't even know if their team's playing today. All right. So you sign up for a job in a city like New York, you expect to have this. I am not shy away from that. I ain't worried about that at all. But we talk internally. You look at a lot of things moving in the right direction, and you know the targets of what you have to improve going forward. The important thing is when you know the direct targets of what you have to improve. And no, I'm not going to go individually in these today. All right. But when you know the direct targets of exactly what you've got to hit. All right, and you look at what you've got to make in the short term and go ahead and make a quick turnaround to build on the things that you've done well. Right, I say it all the time. There's things we've done well we got to build on, right? So we look at overall what we're doing. There's a number of things going in the right direction that we know that are foundational things, the things you got to put in place for a team to have success on and off the field, on and off the field, okay? The important thing is when you have those direct targets, you got to find a way to minimize the things, okay, that you struggle with. And you work your hardest to go ahead and make sure you give yourself – your team a chance for success by trying to take certain aspects away from the game. So it can't expose you as a weakness. Okay. And then you want to play to your strengths as much as possible. All right. There's certain aspects and things that, you know, you see on tape from around the league. And I talk to the guys all the time. Look, this is, this is about being a team and making sure you don't waste any opportunities. I'm not sitting here being preachy, I'm going to tell you point blank. What I tell them, you guys always want to know what the hell we talk about all the time. I'll tell you point blank what it is. All right. When the guys come to work on Wednesday. Okay. And they bust their butt for you. And they turn around on Thursday, and they're all committed and they're doing extras position units. They're doing extras individually to get their body right. They're doing, you know, everything going forward, okay? And they go out there and they practice with good energy, good enthusiasm, you know, and you know you're in the right position right there, okay? You know you got that aspect going right there. I talk to the players all the time, guys. I talk to them very openly and transparently, all right? We don't have capt- capt- captains anymore because, you know, majority of our captains are no longer playing for the remainder of the season. So we do a leadership meeting now, all right? I look at the guys the other day in the eye and say, guys, hey, listen, this is your time to talk to me. You speak for the team. You tell me what's going on. You tell me, how's the team? How's the beat of the team? What do I got to be aware of? What's something I don't know? Because everyone always tells me what I want to hear, right? So when I ask someone just individually, I ask a player, they're going to tell me whatever I want to hear. I ask a coach, same type of thing. All right, I got to have a group of players going to look me in the eye and they know, like, I can tell Joe exactly what the hell's going on. So I got that core group of guys right there, right? You know, You look him in the eye and you ask one guy the other day and he's the first one to speak up. I'm not going to individuals. They can talk for themselves later on, but you know, we had one guy said I've never been out of playoff contention. I never knew what it was like to be in a position where you're actually playing games, not to be in playoffs or improve seating, or whatever it may be, or, or get in the playoffs, you know, didn't know what to expect. And when we were officially eliminated, it was almost an expectation that player, how's everyone else going to react kind of getting ready to come in himself and try to get everyone going and rally the team a little bit. Okay. And, then another player spoke up and said that they've never been in playoff contention period. All right. They weren't present with us last year throughout the remainder of the season uh, for a certain reason to even be in it last year as we played on a stretch. Both guys had the same response though. Everybody on the team is locked in. Every other team comes in to work. Okay. Everybody comes in every week and is committed to doing what they have to do and doing it the right way and playing together as a team. Okay. There's a lot of teams right now that are out of playoff contention okay, whether it's golf clubs in the locker room or people are planning vacations outside of it, all right, where there's a lot of finger pointing and blaming and shouting, all that type of stuff, right, all that stuff. You no, know we don't have in our building? Any of that. We got any of that. Any of that. Our guys know we have one more week this year to be this team. They know we have one more week this year to be this team. And they expect me to show up. They go, get every ounce of football I got me this next week, you got that? Like, they're going to get everything out of me but I expect to see him in return. I just told him a second. That's what I expect. The expectation here is I expect every ounce of football you got inside of you. Okay. And there's things we have aligned right now. There's things we have in place where certain units are playing and certain players are playing. And we got some foundational core guys and we know the culture strong. All right. I'm going to tell you right now. You guys always ask me about that off the field stuff and why the hell is it so important to have culture? So I'm going to tell you right now. All right. A few years ago before I came here, when I came here, I sat down with all the players, and I want to know what it was like in here what we had to change over here from their mouths, all right, to a man, every player looked me in the eye and said, Joe, it's not a team. They don't play hard. We're out of playoffs. Everybody quit. Everybody tapped. They stopped showing up to the captain's meetings, all that stuff, right? They tapped out, okay? I've been a part of teams else Places, okay? And I'm not trying to make this place anywhere else I've been, but lessons I've learned. Let me tell you something right now, all right? In 2018, I was part of a team who halfway through the season, all right, we were all pretty convinced we were getting fired. Didn't think we were going to make the playoffs. Had no concept of anything was coming. We just knew we were going to keep showing up and improving and work week after week. And on the outside, we were all terrible. We didn't care about any of that noise on the outside. Didn't care about it at all. What do you care about on the inside? What were we doing? Guys showed up, they worked, they fought, they worked. We were proven up as a team and put things together and make a run, and end up, you know, win a championship. But the thing I really learned that year was the importance of the culture inside, how important and valuable that is. Because I was part of more talented teams that came up short and lost games down the stretch. Much more talented, all right? But the one thing that really was solidified in my mind, in my DNA, that that year in 18 was the fact that it's so much more important how strong you are inside because no team goes through a smooth season. No team goes through a smooth season. So if you can go through the junk we're going through right now, okay, as a team, if you can go through the tough times we're going through right now as a team, all right, and have a defense take the field every single time ready to play, every time. I know there's a lot of people want to say, hey, guys, you picked off a ball and they ran down the end and you guys are down big, right? So we could turn around and say, yeah, guys, get your butts back on the bench. We're down on that separate. You know what, though? They play every play with enthusiasm, every play with energy, every play with each other. I want to celebrate that. I want to see that energy and that passion. That's how they practice every day. Okay? That's how they practice every day. I want to see them play that way as well. All right? That last fourth down they stopped them on, so that's two games in a row where game was over, right? We're out. It's done. Okay? Vegas is already paying out people. Like, like that. that's done. All right? But it's two fourth downs in a row, two weeks in a row, that I'm sitting there watching our defense finish the way they got to finish. Fourth down stop Logan Ryan last week, shooting the gap and stopping him and a good wall built on the opposite side to stop the run. Hey, dropping back into coverage and making that play right there or on that little kind of Tebow wildcat pass or whatever the hell you want to call it right there. All right. So this ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Okay. You talk about the foundation built, some of the things that the, the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. You understand that? That's the toughest thing. You can get a new plug in what you're doing. And they got to trust the process. And that's a lot easier said than done when they're looking up right now and you got one game left and the most games you're going to win is five this season. Okay? But I guarantee you this, those men are going to walk in on Wednesday and be ready to roll. We're going to practice hard on Wednesday, we're going to practice hard on Thursday, we're going to practice hard on Friday. Okay? And we're going to play for each other on the, on the field next week. And we don't play well, Every fan has a right to boo my ass out of stadium. Got that? That don't bother me. I don't want it. I don't think anyone wants to get booed. Okay. But the reality is that's all right. Okay. It's all right. They have that right. So the fans are, Dan, go back to the first part. The fans are every bit right to ask what you're asking. 100%. Okay. 100%. And I get about a dozen emails a day. All right. Six of which asking exactly what you're asking. The other six offering full support the other way. Okay. and me, both are great. Both are great. Okay. Both are great. You think I sit on back and I say what we're doing right now is good enough? No, it's not. But I know this. I know the first time I ever talked to you guys in front of a microphone, what the hell did I talk about? Foundation, right? I'm going to build from the ground up, building the right thing. Okay. Now, you guys ain't been in the building for two years now with this COVID shit, right? All right, but I'll tell you right now, all right, if you're in the damn building, you walk on through our locker room, you ain't seeing that crap you saw before. All right? You ain't seeing guys right now planning vacations. You ain't seeing golf clubs in front of players' locker. You ain't seeing that stuff. Okay? You ain't seeing that. All right, and that's not because it's some high school program we're cracking with. It's because our guys understand how to play together as a team and then understand the process of how they're going through. So I can go through a whole X's and O's evaluation. I can go through a roster evaluation. I can do a lot of things for you right now, okay? I do it every day myself. I go through all that stuff. But in terms of the next step to take, I can tell you right now, okay, I know we're a whole lot closer to where we're going than we're further away. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year, all right, who are in my office every day begging to come back. I know that. Okay, I know that. The players that we coached last year that still call me twice a week talking about, you know, how much they wish they were still here and then they're getting paid more somewhere else, okay? So I know we've got the right foundational pieces in. I know we have some players, some key positions, right, that are guys you can build with, keep carrying on, all right? I know we have the right temperament. I know we got the right culture in terms of teaching the players, okay, which is why I don't come up here and try to assassinate some player because I think it's going to save my ass, Okay. Because behind closed doors, when we shut those doors, I can tell every player to a man, look him in the eye, exactly what the hell he screwed up on, and exactly how it's got to get fixed. I can tell him to hold him as accountable as can be. Because I ain't going to sit up here like some other coward sitting on the microphone and put his players on blast. Okay? That's it. I signed up to be the head coach here. Whatever bull gets fired, better get fired for me. You got that? It's got to go through me to get to that. And that's the way it is. But look. I'm not asking to be patient. Trust me, guys. I'm not the most patient guy myself. I'm committed. I'm committed, all right? But I'm not the most patient guy myself, all right? But I'm proud of the way these guys continue to fight and the effort they play with, all right, and the way they grind it out, okay? But again, the toughest thing to turn over in a program, the toughest thing to change is how people think, okay? How they think. We got guys right now that are wired the right way. And why the right way? Thank
1: you, guys. Appreciate it, guys. All right, so that is Giants head coach Joe Judge speaking to the media following the Bears' 29-3 victory over the Giants. We'll step aside. We'll be getting player reaction as well as we move forward here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess toy truck.
1: Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Metal Jeff Eagles, Paul Dottino with you as the Bears top the Giants 29-3 to at Soldier Field in Chicago. We heard from Joe Judge. We are expected to hear from some of the players over the course of Mercedes-Benz. Giants extra point and the players press conferences will be brought to you by MetLife, the official insurance company of the New York Giants. In the meantime, let's run you through the final statistics from this game. As far as the individuals are concerned, we talked about how it was a very rough afternoon through the air for the Giants and today's stats brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. Mike Glennon 4 of 11 for 24 yards. They finish with a net of negative 10 passing yards. He was picked off twice, he was sacked four times. Two of those sacks, he lost a fumble on as the Giants matched their season high with four turnovers in this game. They also had four turnovers week 6 against the Rams as well as Week 15 against the Cowboys. So this was the second time in three games in which they coughed the ball up four times. The Giants' Power Report brought to you by PSE&G, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. On the ground, 40 carries for 161 yards. Saquon Barkley led the way with 21 for 102 yards. The leading receivers were Evan Ingram and David Sills, who each had one catch for 12 yards. I brought up Saquon Barkley. He also spoke with reporters. Let's listen in.
2: You knew, you knew coming in it was going to be a run-heavy game plan. How, how they, the Bears obviously knew it too, and they figured out how hard is that for you to be productive when they're they know what's coming.
4: Um, yeah, they're, they're they're a great team. They have a great defense, uh, a bunch of players over there. Um, in the run game today, you know I, I think the whole line did a, a tremendous job of opening holes for, for me and book. But you know that's offense collectively Um a doing enough to, to get the job done, and yeah. we just gotta be better. Pick one out of the a call for the next start. The first place for the next job is the spare time. Oh, um, yeah, we, we were in empty. Uh, so I, I was kind of out wide. Uh, they, they brought one more than we can handle and as a as an offense, we, we, we got to do better in that job. We got to do better there. Um, we got to execute better in that play as a whole. Um, they made a good play. so i think you. I need to describe it as a feeling like you guys just couldn't pass the ball. 24 total yards passing, 10, 10 net yards passing. What's that like to be in a game and feel like you couldn't pass the ball? Um, you, I don't think you, you're you in the game with the mindset like, dang, we can't pass the ball. Obviously, obviously you, you see where the game's going. Uh, obviously, you're getting behind. But like like I said, as a whole offense, we, we didn't do enough. In my game, the pass game, as a whole, we didn't do enough to, to get a job done. Yeah, that's just the end the story. how bad results have
3: been.
4: Can you, as a guy who's been here for a few years, can you impress what you see around there within your room? Uh, I think you got guys that come to work every single day, win, watch, draw, win by 40, lose by 40, that come to work and fight. And that's all you can ask for um, on both sides of the ball and special teams too. Obviously, you know, we're, we're not getting the results we would like, but... It is tough to find teams that are at this point, four and 12 or whatever we are and the culture in the locker room is still being carried on and we're still staying together as a team, fainting. This is bringing us closer. So, like I, like I said, uh, I think early in the week, uh, you know, I have faith in this organization and this team, those players in the locker room, and it's been tough times, especially, you know, personally for me, being here four years, it's been tough times, but the right guys the right guys are are in this are in this locker room and I truly believe that just based off the character, based off the work ethic, based off the talent that they have and obviously we would love for it to, to be different this year. But sometimes we just gotta keep sticking with it and keep believing and keep trusting the process. Obviously you said this week you uh, have no
2: intention of not playing these last two games. Just going out there today even in a loss <laughs> like
4: that and rushing for hundred yards means something to you as you look forward? Um yeah, on um, the question of me not playing the last two games, I feel like I just sat out the whole year, the, the year before, with a torn missed some games this year, uh, ankle injury. Like, Why would I ever imagine? Now, I don't want to say that. was a, not, I, even ask that. I don't want to say that's a dumb question. But, you know, for me personally, I just, it's kind of insulting me when, when, when people say that or you ask me that question, it's like, did I know it's the league, but I still love this game. So me sitting out and not going out there and trying to compete for my brothers is nonsense to me. And coming here and to be able to have a 100-yard game and, you know, kind of come to a place where the injury happened and kind of made my career go backwards a little bit. Uh, it, it does feel good. It's like a monkey came off my back um, to come to the spot where everything felt like it went downhill and Personally, to to be able to get a get a run game going, especially with the help of the offensive line, who did a great job today. Uh, I of those guys up front for continuing to believe in me. Um, things haven't been that great this year.
1: So that was Saquon Barkley speaking with reporters and clearly reflecting on the fact that he suffered the season-ending knee injury in Chicago back in Week 2. And what he was responding to also was the fact that he's been asked over the last few weeks whether or not the right thing for him to do because of his injury and the fact that the Giants are mathematically eliminated should he shut it down. And that is why he was continually saying that, no, he still wants to play because of the fact that he had missed the bulk of of last season. Bears top the Giants 29-3. to We'll step aside. We'll get more player reaction as we move along and also get you caught up with everything else happening in the NFL in Week 17. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.
1: Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fegels, Paul Dettino with you as the Bears cruise past the Giants 29-3 to at Soldier Field in Chicago, the Giants now falling to 4-12 and overall. They have lost five straight and seven in a row on the road. Giants football is presented by Verizon. Verizon is the official 5G network of the NFL with 5G built right for the Giants. And Giants football also brought to you by your local Ford stores. For great deals on the full lineup, visit buyfordnow.com. Ford, it is the official vehicle of the New York Giants. I ran you through the individual statistics from an offensive standpoint for the Giants. Real quickly on the Bears' side, Andy Dalton was 18 of 35 for 173 yards, a touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney. He was picked off by James Bradbury. The Giants had two sacks in this game. Also, David Montgomery was picked off by Crowder as they were trying to punch it in again late In the red zone, the Bears ran 27 times for just 87 yards, just over three yards per carry. And Darnell Mooney, who I mentioned, had the touchdown. He was the leading receiver with seven catches for 69 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, Leonard Williams led the Giants with eight tackles. Lorenzo Carter, another very active game. Six tackles, five solo. He had a sack, two tackles for a loss, a pass defense, and a quarterback hit. And it was Roquan Smith who led the charge for the Bears' with nine tackles, six solo, and two for loss. And as far as another individual worth noting is concerned, Robert Quinn has set the Bears' single-season sack record for Chicago. He got his 18th sack. He broke Richard Dent's mark of 17.5, which was set back in 1984. 12.5 sacks for him over the last eight games. He has at least one during that stretch. We will step aside when we come back. We'll continue to get... Some player reaction as well as get you caught up with everything that happened in Week 17 in the NFL. A lot of playoff implications at stake across both conferences. We'll get you caught up with that and more right after this.
0: You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.
4: This is Julian Love, and you're listening to Giants Football on the Fan, WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York.
1: Let's get you caught up with everything else happening throughout the NFL in week seventeen. We have several games currently in progress from the four p.m. window. The Chargers are blanking the Broncos ten-nothing. The Texans and the Niners are scoreless also in the second quarter. It's the Cardinals three. Cowboys nothing. Panthers in front of the Saints, ten to three. Chuba Hubbard with a rushing touchdown for Carolina. Seahawks shutting out the Lions 10-0 that game late in the first quarter. Everything else went final from earlier today. The Bills topped the Falcons 29-15. Josh Allen and Devin Singletary each with two rushing touchdowns as the Bills improved to 10-6. The Bengals outlasted the Chiefs with a last-second field goal 34-31. So. Kansas City's eight-game winning streak comes to a halt. Joe Burrow, another fantastic performance. 30 of 39 for 446 yards, four touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 yards for three touchdowns. Fair to say those two individuals are going to win fantasy titles for many different people. The Titans cruise past the Dolphins 34-3 as Deontay Foreman Ran for 132 yards and a touchdown. You combine that with the Colts falling to the Raiders 23 to 20, thanks to Daniel Carlson's game winning field goal as time expired. Tennessee has clinched the AFC South title. Indianapolis at nine and seven, still looking to solidify one of those wild card spots. Speaking of the wild card, the Patriots hammered the Jaguars 50 to 10 as Mac Jones threw for three touchdowns. And Damian Harris added two scores on the ground. The Buccaneers rallied past the Jets for a 28-24 victory. The Jets were up by 14 points in the second half. Tampa Bay closes out the game with 18 unanswered points. But actually, the highlight of this game was Antonio Brown, who is no longer a member of the Buccaneers. He removed his jersey. He removed his equipment. Not sure if he removed his fake vaccination card as well, but he removed everything in route to leaving the field. And according to Chris Myers of Fox Sports, security said... A B ran out of the stadium shirtless into a police car to be escorted to a flight by himself out of town away from the Buccaneers. So that is what is happening in Tampa Bay in light of the fact that they are now 12 and 4 on the season. You don't hear those escapades with respect to winning teams too often in the NFL. Eagles beat Washington 20 to 16, and the Rams survived the Ravens 20 to 19 thanks to Odell Beckham's go-ahead touchdown with a minute left. That was the NFL in action. It was brought to you by Bigelow T. Grab a mug and proudly. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz, Giants Extra Point. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fegels, Paul Dottino with you as the Giants fell to the Bears 29-3 in Chicago at Soldier Field. We heard from Joe Judge a little bit earlier on, and Jeff, to me, one of the biggest takeaways from what he said, at least from a game-planning standpoint, he said they went into this game thinking they were going to have to pound the football because they knew they were down a variety of wide receivers by midweek. They knew, of course, the quarterback struggles. That's been well documented. So they pretty much went in expecting to pound the football. They did that. The problem is the turnovers prevented them from turning that into points more often than not.
2: Yeah, not to mention the you know the offensive line was uh, you know Billy Price. Unfortunately, what happened to uh, you know him and his wife and his and their family. Our condolences go to them. Um, that's a tough situation. So you know, yeah, they, they juggled that offensive line, and so you know, you said, hey, what is our best? way to win a football game and you got your best player lining up behind Mike Lennon and that's Saquon Barkley and, uh, Booker. So yeah, going to run the football, but as you know, Lance, and, and this in the national football league, you can't just think that you're going to run the football, you know, 95% of the time and, and, and win, especially when you, the first uh, seven minutes of the game, you're down 14, nothing. Well, and Paul,
1: let me bring you in on that note, because as Jeff mentioned, With the Giants' offensive struggles and the fact that the offense put the defense in such a precarious spot, you basically gave the Bears the ball twice, essentially in the red zone. I know they were just outside the red zone on the other touchdown. In the blink of an eye, you're in an 0-14 hole, considering this team has barely been able to reach 10 points in recent history. Virtually an impossible situation right out of the gates of this game.
3: No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know that the Giants are offensively challenged from the get-go, and then when you give up a couple of quick scores, the, the hill just gets that much taller. The funny part about it is, Belichick just proved that you can win a game by only throwing the ball three times. He did it just a few weeks ago, but of course the difference was there, they weren't climbing uphill from behind two scores in the first couple of minutes of the game.
1: Correct. Yeah, they led for the good portion of that game, and even though there was one special team's turnover in that game, that was the only
2: time buffalo scored if plus, you remember in that really and and to go with the neither team could throw the football well because of the, the, win are the win so yeah. but you know at least the the bears in their game plan was to try to be as balanced as they could they were able to put up some you know 170 something or 160 something yards passing
1: well stick with us if you are listening to us on the fan in new york we will be right back with more post-game coverage but it's time to say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network and on the Giants' digital platforms, the final score once again, Bears 29, Giants 3. The Giants now fall to 4-12. and They have lost five in a row. The Bears improved to 6-10. and They have won two straight. You have been listening to Giants Football on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.